Adam Smith is known worldwide as the founder of modern economics. However, though he knew French well, he seems never to have uttered or written the phrase laissez-faire. Like free enterprise, entrepreneur, and even capitalism, it is a term that does not appear in any of his writings, which amount to over a million words. Born in 1723, Smith died in July 1790, four years before the firm of Bolton and Watt produced the first advanced steam engine. Smith fought, lectured, and wrote, that is, before the full advent of the Industrial Revolution, a development of which he knew neither the reality nor the name. Important as this may be, it is never counted against his reputation. Erudite, eccentric, generous, but intensely private, living at a time when wood and animals still powered the globe. This 18th-century Scotsman nonetheless composed a book destined to explain a modern world of machines, corporations, and global markets running on oil and electricity, powering unimaginable industrial, military, and financial might that would alter the human prospect forever. Smith himself was not wealthy and was no apologist for the rich. The man who lived quietly in the small town of Kirkcaldy, where Wealth of Nations was composed, who breathed the wet sea air from the Firth of Forth and often absent-mindedly strolled its mist-laden shores, became a key and in some part radical figure of the Scottish Enlightenment, arguing as much on behalf of working-class laborers as manufacturers and free trade. To be sure, it was Adam Smith who wrote that the object of every country's economy is to increase the riches and power of that country. No less did he claim that in a law-abiding state, those who seek to maximize their own gain serve the benefit of all, being led by an invisible hand to promote an end which was no part of his intention. Smith, 1776, in Cohen and Furman, 1996, page 326. Here is the true Adam Smith, economists have often said. But Invisible Hand appears only once in a book of over 800 pages, and only three times in all of his writing, leading at least one scholar to suggest it may have been nothing more than a sarcastic phrase. Rothschild, 2001, page 117. This does create a problem for economists who have made it the center of his thought. It was this same Adam Smith, after all, not his presumed opposite Karl Marx, who wrote that when regulation is in support of the workman, it is always just and equitable. Smith, 1776, page 143. It was Smith, too, whom Thomas Malthus charged with confusing the wealth of a state with the happiness of its lower classes. This complex thinker is not the Adam Smith so many have come to believe in. Indeed, anyone with knowledge of Smith's reputation, who reads an inquiry into the nature and causes of the wealth of nations today with a clear eye, will be struck by the subtlety of his thought, and by the gap between what has been most often said about Smith and what he actually said. They may also find it surprising that he has a sense of humor, dry as gin. By nature, a philosopher is not in genius and disposition, Half so different from a street porter as a mastiff is from a greyhound, he tells us, 1776, page 18. The literature dealing with his thought would by now fill a well-endowed public library, 
and this includes much excellent historiography that takes this literature as subject of inquiry, critique, and correction. Winch, 1978, Jones and Skinner, 1992, Rothschild, 2001, Milgate and Stimson, 2009. It is the real Smith that deserves our interest. As economists who have studied him carefully know, the varied strands of his thinking remain even today the basis of most schools in the field, even those that seem to oppose each other.